Alright, we're going to look at Luke. If you want to get to your Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke 36, and we're going to go up to 50. And I'm just going to build a scenario for you. It took about, this took place about three months after the Sermon on the Mount. It was about six days before Passover, where the, where they celebrated in Jerusalem. And according to Christ's custom, he would go to Bethany and he would stay with Martha and Mary and her brother Lazarus. So, but while this was all going on and Christ was in Bethany, the priest rulers were in Jerusalem and they were really concerned that Christ wasn't going to come to pa Passover. The reason being, they were plotting against him. And they started asking each other, what do you think? Will he come? Well, while this plotting was going on, and Jesus with his disciples were in Bethany, Simon invited them to a feast. Not a dinner, a feast. And we want to read, read that in verse 30, uh, 36. Let me get to it. It says, then one of the Pharisees who had been following Jesus openly invited him to dinner. Openly. In other words, it wasn't silent, it was publicly. He wanted, he wanted others to know what he was doing. So as he, boy, I got loud. Let me fix this. As he asked Simon to come to dinner, I mean, as Simon asked Jesus to come to dinner with his disciples, uh, I needed to know who Simon was, who this Pharisee was. And so I had to go to Matthew 26, 6, just to see who, who this Pharisee was. And it says that Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon, who was a leper. And when we see that, I got too many things up here. The, the invitation, we'll notice that today, the invitation was given publicly from Simon. It didn't really come from his heart. It really was something that he wanted to have notice of. He wanted other people to realize what he wanted to be recognized. So when we see this, we look at it, that this, and on today during this sermon, I want you to take notice of a couple of things. And there's a lot in here. At this dinner, there was one that was lost. There was one that was saved. And there was one that was lost at the beginning of the dinner and saved at the end of the dinner. I also, something that's very important we as God people need to take hold of. How did Jesus address the whole mass and also each individual? Grab both of them points as we go through here. And then we see in 37, verse 37, Mary came into this, came into the house. This was a woman who has lived a sinful life and felt a great deal of shame. 
She was bringing some expensive perfume. She tried to come unnoticed. She didn't make a big entrance. She tried to come in silently. But the fragment of that perfume began to fill the room. And silence began to happen. Here was a prostitute with all these righteous men. All of the best of society could bring. She was an unwanted guest and in a hostile environment. But here's what's so awesome about this. See, Mary didn't care. Why didn't Mary care? She already knew Jesus. Jesus has already forgiven her of her sins. See, when we come to Christ, He forgives us of our sins, but He doesn't erase our memory. So she carried a lot of sorrow on her. In, in the desires of ages, it says Lazarus, her brother, was sitting next to Christ, and her sister Martha was serving. It was Christ in his mercy and compassion has already pardoned her sins, and her sin and her heart, her heart, God works from the inside out. Her heart was so full of gratitude, and she wanted to show Christ how much she loved him. In verse 38, we look at it. She was overwhelmed for her past sinful life. She began to weep without shame while the tears, tears dropped on his dusted, coated feet. She was wiping them with her hair, kissing his feet and anointing him all the time. What she was doing was a sign of love and respect. We need to jump to verse 48. And the reason we're going to jump there. We want to look. What Jesus said. And in verse 48. Luke 7. Jesus looked at Mary and said. Mary. Your sins are forgiven. If you do not think that stirred up that pot in that house, you were sadly mistaken. It began to chatter and chitter. Does this man in verse 438, does this, it says that Jesus looked at Mary and said, your sins are forgiven. She was at peace. She had hope. She has received grace and redemption. And the chatter was, does this man also claim to forgive sins? Going back to 39, everyone kind of stopped eating and was watching. And here's the odd part about it. Simon really became upset. Simon said in verse 39, he says, in the if this man was a prophet, he would have known she was a sinner and would not let her dare him. See, back then, if you were not of the right caste or the right people, the right blood, you didn't get next to him. You let him come four or five feet, but no closer. Mary heard the criticism, and she began to tremble. 
watch how Christ, this is important, watch how Christ addressed it. He did not point to one individual. He spoke to the whole. And he said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Why are you troubling her? Why are you bothering her? See, what Mary, before coming, have already accepted the invitation. The invitation was given, and she accepted Christ. She loved him so much. While all this was going on, we saw earlier that Judas was there. The disciples were there, correct? We saw that in the verses. You know, Judas was a disciple, and at first he loved God. His life might have been honored by God. Judas actually felt a little bit insulted at this dinner. Why? Judas was seated at the back of the table when Christ was at the front, and he had Simon on one side and Lazarus on the other. Judas had a strong desire for recognition. He had a strong love for money. He had a strong love for power. And that strong love just lingered and didn't really come to the top until it finally took over. You know, he began to whisper. He began to complain. He began to say this money could have been used for the poor. And when he when he was doing this, he wasn't doing it because he loved the poor or he cared about them. He really didn't care. He had a desire. He wanted he was he wanted the money where he could control it, where he could divvy it out and make it right. See Notice that Christ that night didn't personally attack Judas. And there was a reason for that. He didn't want to reproach him, thus giving him an excuse for what was about to happen. It was at this time, it was right at that dinner that Judas left and betrayed Christ. That was the time that Judas left. And Christ didn't want to give him no reason to find fault with him. Judas didn't accept Christ's invitation. As we move forward, the one I really want to concentrate on, and we're going to go to verse 40, is to put my eyes on Simon. Mercy. Simon, as I prayed and as I began to study, my eyes began to understand Simon a little bit. 
Christ didn't openly rebuke Simon either. Did he? No. Why? How do we know that? In verse 40, Jesus leaned over and quietly Simon. He spoke to Simon so not to embarrass him. He didn't want to make Simon feel uncomfortable in front of his guests. He said, Simon, I want to ask you a question. In verse 41, we see there was two men. And they owed this rich man money. Both men couldn't pay him back. One balled only 500. One balled 10,000. Both men came and poured their heart out to this gentleman. Both men, both men would have been affected the same way. Family or struggles or something. One owed more than the other. This man forgave them both. Neither one had anything they had to pay back. Neither had a debt. The debt was forgiven. And he looked at Simon and he said, Simon, he said, which one do you think had the greatest appreciation? You go to the next verse. Simon looked and he said, I suppose the man with the largest debt. And he said, Simon, you're correct. You have chosen correctly. They were both forgiven. They both were, they both did not have to pay anything back. I just want us to get that point. It doesn't matter. Here or here. God forgives all. When we look, we go down. Verse 44. Simon, Jesus speaking to Simon again. He said, Simon, I want you to notice how this woman has treated you. I entered your house and you gave me no water to wash my dusty feet. When you traveled back then, the roads were dusty. And normally you would have a basin in front of the house. And when you came in, they would wash their feet because it's the same way what my wife doesn't want me to do is take off my boots so I don't track up the house. There was no way. There was, they didn't even, they, Christ's feet wasn't washed. Simon, you didn't walk with me with a kiss. Back then it was custom that a Jewish brother, when you came over, would give each other a kiss. Then you gave me no oil on my head. See, this was an act of honor which was bestowed upon his distinguished guest's head. Now watch what the unaccepted woman did. The cast out. Mary washed my feet with tears of repentance. It was propped on by love. She dried them with her hair, kissing my feet and anointing them. Anointing your feet back then was even more of an act of honor than when you did it on the guest head. And in verse 47, she says, Simon, she loved me so much. 
she loves me so much because her sins were so many and they were forgiven. We're going to look at Simon a little deeper and go to the desire of ages. It says that Simon was a disciple of Jesus. He was on the roll of the church. He came every Sabbath. He did good. But it says he wasn't transformed. His principles were unchanged. He was one of the few Pharisees that openly followed Christ. He acknowledged Jesus as a teacher. And he hoped that he might be. He hoped that he might be the Savior. This is even after he was cured. He was 90% in, not 100%. Here's the disturbing part in this study. Simon, or Uncle Simon as some believe, was the one who led Mary into sin. That's why he despised her. Because when he saw her, he saw his guilt. She was deeply wronged by him, is what the desire of ages says. Simon didn't appreciate Christ's mercy. Sometimes we take his mercy for granted. Simon didn't appreciate his mercy. He thought only to openly honor God, Christ, through this invitation. He didn't come from the heart. Now watch how Christ address Simon and watch what happens. It was at this dinner that Christ's mercy, Christ's mercy melted his heart. He was touched by the Savior's kindness of not openly rebuking him or exposing his guilt to the guests. It was Christ's action. It was his love and compassion is how he began to see his error. His pride, they say, the Desire of Ages says, his pride was so humble that it was at that night that he repented and he sold out to Christ 100%. He became, it says, he became a self-sacrificing disciple. Simon came in unsaved and after the dinner was saved. He gave 100%. My message is not going to be long today, but it's going to be to the point. My question, my brothers and sisters, are we like Judas? Are we holding on to worldly ambition? Are we holding maybe even to the love of money? Is it deep in our character? Or are we not holding surrendering to Christ? Or are we like Simon at the dinner? Or like Mary? To be like Mary. 
unacceptable by society, but accepted by Christ. You, you know, we think our sins are not really that bad. But guess what? Mary realized her sins. We feel respected by others. Kind of, don't we? Don't we, don't we feel kind of good about ourselves? But Mary was an outcast of society. We don't have a bad reputation like Mary, do we? We consider ourselves pretty good Christians. We don't smoke and we don't drink and we eat vegan food. We're good vegetarians. We're house conscious. We're respected. Just like Simon, we have the appearance of a righteous people. We have some sin. We all have some sin, but it's not like Mary, is it? We all carry something, but it's not like Mary. But I'm here to let you know that's not how God sees it. He doesn't see sin as you and I look at it. We're used to driving up to Mickey D's and we supersize small, medium, a lodge. But in Christ's eyes, sin is sin. We look at ourselves sometimes as others see us. We look good to our colleagues, even our children and our spouse, our wives, our husbands. You see, in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, man looks on the outward appearance, the Lord looks at the heart. Oh, if we could only be more like Mary, if we could fall at the Savior's feet with tears and supplication, with a heavy heart, fallen in love with the one that was beaten, crucified, died for us, who took what we deserved. You know, we all have different circumstances in our life. We all come from different backgrounds. All, everything that we've been through shapes our life. Sometimes we feel a little hopeless. Sometimes we leave lost. Do you ever feel confused? Give me an amen if you ever feel confused. I know I can say amen to that. You know, I just think about it. If you could only sit at the Savior's feet, falling in love with His compassion. At the beginning of this, my mother sent an invitation out to my wife. It was out of love. Talking about mom chokes me up. She had a big smile. She always cared about others. And she always looked for the good. And when you look hot enough, you can find good in someone. This is why we're together today. And I might add, getting ready to celebrate our 20th anniversary. Amen. She has that letter, though. You know, it's been a life of many rewards. It didn't come without struggles. And there's a reason I'm 
mentioning this to you. It came with conditions. And we have conditions also. But we have an advocator in Christ who gave his life for you and I. It will not come without a struggle. But it's time to stop playing church. The song was sung earlier, the king is coming. Thank you again. Christ is coming. God sent his son in his tenderness, compassion, and mercy. He's given us an invitation. That was only one at the cross of Calvary. It was the same day beaten, bruised, and died that we might live. See, without Christ in your life, there is no salvation. There is no heaven for us. There is no eternal life. The question is the same that was asked asked of me years ago. Do you love the Lord with all your heart? Are you 100% in? Will you accept His invitation on behalf of His Father? Christ says, if you'll acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you. 